What other sports do you watch, man? I watch uh, a lot of baseball now. More baseball. We're in that season, so yep. yeah. I'm, yep. I'm a big Red Sox fan. I like um, the Red Sox too. Do you? I'm not a not a number one fan, but I like the Red Sox except when they play the Angels. But hey, that's okay. They've been they've been my team since I was ten years old. So <sighs> sounds a good time. How did I how did I end up liking the Red Sox? I guess how do you not like the Red Sox, right? Well, I can see I can see why you wouldn't want to like them. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> Dodgers, baby, get out of here! Who said Dodgers? What's up, James? My boy, that's my boy, the chicken, my boy chicken over here. Ask him about the Dodgers and the ask him about the history of late with the Dodgers and the and the Red Sox. Oh, he knows. <laughs> it's been a long time coming for LA. No, they I'm deserved just... it. They deserved it. Come on, man. Kershaw have, finally has a ring after all the shit talking. Kershaw can have that ring. Yeah, they they did deserve it. Uh, it was all fine. right, let's, let me really recap this. The reason why I really dislike the Dodgers is because I went to an Angels game. <clears throat> I got oh, this guy knows too. I was working with him. <laughs> um, what's it called? I, I got really drunk at a at an Angels-Dodgers game. Me and my boys, we go wild at these Angels-Dodgers games. We're cross-city rivals, right? Yeah. I got fined. I got a, t a public intoxication ticket <laughs> at the Angels game. <laughs> I, are you kidding me? And they said, you got to throw out the rest of your beer. I go, you already gave me a ticket. I'm not throwing this beer out. Oh, boy. I chugged it. I chugged I killed those right in front of the officer on the horse. Oh, man. <laughs> and then, and then I... I so messed up that night. I call out of work the next morning. Were you on TV? Boss goes, "What happened? Why, why are you feeling? Are you okay?" I go, "I'm good. I'm good." Name's my old boss. Name's Carlos. Go, I'm good, Carlos. I just had a lot to drink last night at the Angels versus Dodgers game. He goes, "Oh, no worries, my man. Recover. I'll see you the next day." <laughs> I wish. <laughs> and, then, and then I present him with. I had a good time. He goes, yeah, how'd you have a good time? I, and then I showed him my ticket. He goes, my man, you got a ticket for having a good time? I go, I did. How dare they, he said. How, How dare, dare they ticket? Yeah. I mean, so I, he goes, all right. When, um, when he goes, when that official ticket comes in, just uh, let me handle it for you. I go, are you kidding me? Dang. Are you kidding me? I, 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 I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he handled my public intoxication ticket. Uh, I'm not what a, ashamed. What a hero! What a hero! I would go to war for that guy. No kidding. God, I wish I, I wish I had one boss like that. But legend. One time, one time I was working at I was I used to work at a grocery store for like all throughout high school, and. uh you know, I did good there. I worked part time, had a job since I was fourteen, and uh, what happened was we would do stupid stuff in the background of the store when like all of our jobs were done. Like we rotated the truck, we've done everything, we've restocked all all the fruit that you could have there, and it's all it's all ready to go. And we would take like these empty banana boxes, and we would take saran wrap, and we would make like a volleyball. Yeah. Um. And we would like be in the back, dude, just doing the dumbest things like ever. That's some back, that's some back of the house stuff right there. <laughs> and we were like, we were like just messing around. And then my my boss walked in. We were, one one day we were doing it, 
And he like walked in, he had no words, and he's just like, is our guys' stuff done? And we're like, yeah, he's like, don't get caught doing this. By, by the bigger bosses, I was like, yes sir. <laughs> yes sir, yes sir. Yeah, it was a fun job. All right, let's get rolling though. Let's roll, man, let's roll. All right. I turn pretzel bot down here real quick. Welcome in, guys. Welcome to Into Nerd Sports on episode four uh, with John and Mike. We're going to be discussing some interesting topics today in terms of touching on the Browns of Baker Mayfield, um, some of the trades that they've made recently, the Chiefs re-bolstering re, uh, their offensive line after they looked pretty desolated at it uh, when free agency first started this year. Um, we have some retirement people to talk about um, that are that they're hanging up the cleats. Um, along with Drew Brees, and then also we have some interesting Hall of Fame discussion to bring up uh, because I've seen it going around media for the past three, four days of um, what we're going to do uh, in terms of uh, Hall of Fame and what really earns your way into Hall of Fame or how many rings you need to have for it or stats. Uh, so we're going to kind of break that down and then we will do some fantasy aspect uh, to get ready for our, our draft in August um, to talk about that and to see what's going on. We also gonna, are going to talk about the, the rule change uh, with the jersey numbers and uh, all, of that, all of that fun stuff. So it's going to be a good time. So with that being said, let's bring in John. What's up, man? What's good? What's are good? you ready? There's a lot to address. There is a lot to address. Um, what do you want to start with? That's a great question. What do we? Where do we? You call your shot. You call your shot. Okay. Okay. And I want to kind of save Trey Lance. I got. I got a lot of questions on Trey Lance, so I'm going to save that for later. Absolutely. Um. I guess let's start off with a big one. Just most recently, we got the Orlando Brown to the Chiefs. Let's do it. Um, let's so the Great Wall of Kansas City. Uh, that's, I have a graphic for that that we just pulled up before we, when we were prepping. So this is just kind of a meme for it, but the Great Wall of Kansas City, it says Mahomes pass protection in 2020, and then Mahomes pass protection in 2021. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, I, whoever made that meme, I gotta. I, I wish I could give credit to him, but... Uh, well done on on that. That is actually really funny. So we're gonna. That's what we're gonna call it on Nerd Sports Zone is the Great Wall of Kansas City. I think going forward. Um, this they, point, man, it's huge. They, it's a huge wall. This is the what it what we're looking at for twenty twenty one for the Chiefs. I have a graphic oh, of of the, the of what was the projected O line. And this has actually happened now. Um, I'll cover my face up here. This is. From Nate Baylor via Twitter, it says, this is how I project the Chiefs' offensive line turnout for 2021. Left tackle is Orlando Brown Jr., which did happen. He's Sir mm -hmm. Durant. Left guard is Joe Tooney, which did happen, and Andrew Wiley. Center, Austin Blythe and Nick Allegretti. Right guard is LDT and Kyle Long. Right tackle, Lucas Niang and Mike Rimmers. This has happened. This, this is their offensive line, I believe. That's a um, monster. Um, that is a, a big line. Um, I I think they really took it serious after the Super Bowl loss. Um, yeah. At like, 
we we talked about that game quite a bit and just all that Patrick Mahomes did during it. Um, I mean, he ran he ran for like almost five hundred yards, four hundred ninety-seven yards or something like that. Um, for what? But for for scrimmage, and then he he made these crazy vertical throws that like no one can make. Uh, so I was happy to see that they really invested back into their offensive line um, and being like, hey, like if we're going to get pressured like this and we're exposed, as you said, the Chargers did expose them on how to beat the, on how, on how to beat the Chiefs. Um, yeah. They did. And the pa- the Patriots, I, th- I, see, I see Tom Brady and I think of the Patriots right away because st- I'm still not used to it. The Tampa, Bay, <laughs> the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they took notes and they rushed that line and rushed them and rushed them and rushed them and they won the Super Bowl. Um, and it, there's been some just really interesting, there's some good Twitter conversation going on between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Have you seen any of that? Tom Brady, no, I haven't seen any of that. Um, somebody was saying, uh, I have it on my phone here, I'll just pull it up. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. Um, let me see here. I'm pretty sure I screenshotted it. Oh, yeah. That that is a that is a stout offensive line. Well, I'm looking for this. What are your thoughts on that offensive I line? Got, well, let's just look at what they had to give up to get Orlando Brown Jr. So they gave up their 31st pick in the NFL draft this year, which is, I mean, it's fine. I I'm cool with that move. You're addressing a need, and they're still getting a young talent in Orlando Brown Jr. So a first round pick, 31st, 31st pick. I don't think it's. To- I think that's well played. You give up a third, a fourth, and a 2022 fifth round pick. That's not that's not a lot, you know. I and then just the way they're situationally sitting, like playoff burst, they they got a lot of. T- uh, I think they did well. I think they did. But he's young. He's gonna do them well. He's gonna protect Patrick Mahomes. And then pulling up your last graph, uh, your um, graphic. They have depth. You need depth, and you, you see what happens when you don't. You, you don't have no protection around Patrick Mahomes. You're running 500 scrimmage yards for what? That score? That score was terrible. That's right. not the Kansas. That's not the Kansas City offense that we know. They're high. They're they're high momentum, putting up points. You have to keep up with them usually. So kudos to kudos to them addressing their needs. Uh, if, if that's my organization, you love to see it. It was I, smart. I, it's it's yeah. just straight. You can't make any better decision than that to 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 do that and i I am very happy that they decided to like look at their problem and go what do we commit what do we got to do to fix this and they 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 fixed it um i didn't save the pictures of it but there was some um there was a player that tweeted at tom brady and and i think it was maybe possibly honey badger yeah and he said, "Actions speak louder than words." If it was a honey badger, I can't remember who it was. Okay, I think I remember that. But but they yeah, yeah. they said uh, so most people say action actions speak louder than words. But I think words speak louder than actions. Tom Brady said something back to him, and then Patrick Mahomes said to him, um, "We'll see in twenty years." Now, <laughs> Ooh, that's bold. That's a bold statement. Yeah, and because what people don't realize is Patrick Mahomes is actually on pace to outdo Tom Brady if he has a career as long as Tom Brady, which is tough to do. I mean, but it's not it's not impossible. 
not if Justin Herbert has anything to do about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he can, he can. There's a lot of these young guys that are come that are coming out of nowhere. So young talent, man. They're like it's it's nice, it's fresh to see. Um, there's a lot of good talent coming in the NFL right now. Young quarterbacks who are really putting their their hats in for, you know, I'm the quarterback to beat. You know, and that's mm-hmm. fun. It's fun to see. So one, speaking of quarterbacks, um, let's talk about Alex Smith here. Yeah. So first, before we jump into anything bad, I'm gonna. Uh, there is a graph that I snagged here. Um, if I can get the. Okay, here we go. Um, Washington football team did a really nice image of Alex Smith. I couldn't find anything of his stats. If you want to look those up, John. Um, yeah, we can pull those up, but you know they did her career stats. Yeah, there's a there's a yeah, just do his career stats, and it says um, Alex Smith, San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Washington Football Team. Uh, I feel like uh, out of all the teams that kind of did this guy wrong, was 100% the the 49ers when Colin Kaepernick got the start over him over yeah. one one good game. I still think that was a mistake, um, but. Uh, he went to the Washington football team, and he really proved himself that, like, he's a strong individual. And I really hope that they change the um, name of the the name of the, the trophy to the Alex Smith Award and not the Comeback Player of the Year Award. Because he def- defied all odds. He almost died from, like, 17 surgeries that he had. Almost lost his leg. And here he played one final year in the NFL. So congratulations to him. Uh, congrats to him and Andy Reid had some nice words to say about him as, as well as as well too. Um, I thought that was a really nice thing. I'll, before I pull up uh, the other thing, this is what Andy Reid had to say about him um, when he when he did announce his retirement. Um, let's see here. I think I have it in Discord actually. Let's go to here. Yeah, right here. It says, uh, Andy Reid on Alex Smith's retirement. He's a heck of a person. He had a great career. Everywhere he went, he made them better. If he gets into coaching, I'll get I, I'll get first dibs on him. He's a good guy, and you'd love to have him on your staff, a special person, and, and one of my all-time favorites. And then Patrick Mahomes chimed in on him, on him as well and had nothing but humble words to say about him. That was his backup, right? Yep. Damn. Pat- Patrick was his backup uh, in KC before he got the start. Some of the the really nice things that we got to see was Julian Edelman, who we're going to talk about later. One of the most inspiring comebacks we've ever seen. Congrats on the career at Alex Smith underscore 11. Um, JJ Watts had heck of a career pre-injury, legendary status post. Absolutely incredible comeback. A picture of determination, perseverance, and sheer will. Thanks for the inspiration and the best wishes on the ne- on to the next chapter. Um, wow. Frank Gore said, blessed to start this at NFL journey with Alex Smith, uh, ha- um, pounce on quarterback one, wishing you and the fam all the best. What a um, guy. and then Chase Young had to say about him. One of the best leaders I have ever been under. It was a blessing to be your teammate. Wow. One year, one year with him. Um, what else? There's one Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes said, he helped me to become the quarterback that I am today. Dang, so, stop. Just some, some, re- some, really great, some really great things that they had to say about Alex. Um, so um, I wanted to just get that covered before 
we actually went into the next subject, and I don't know how much truth there is to this, but this uh, I didn't tell John about this until we started. He hasn't even heard this yet. So, yeah. um, I'm, if you want to go over career stats real quick, yeah, go over that first. All right, thirty-five thousand passing yards. You know, a little over, one hundred ninety-nine touchdowns, one hundred nine interceptions in how many seasons? How many seasons since two thousand five up to twenty twenty? So fifteen. Fifteen years. Fifteen yeah. years. That's almost two hundred touchdowns. That that's gonna sting a bit. <laughs> He's looking back at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's gonna sting him a little bit. I didn't have two hundred touchdowns. It's okay though. That's impressive Good. though. Still. Yeah. Good stuff right there, man. I couldn't do it. No, I couldn't either. I could, I'd probably hit the handoff. I'll be lucky to hit that. <laughs> <laughs> I hit that pitch I hit that pitch to the right side and hope it goes well we might not but go ahead let's see what what's the story then what's the story so on one of the interesting leads that came out from the media this this uh from i'm gonna cover both of us up here for a second that's okay let's read it alex it's- smith is speaking out against his former team he claims he was patronized uh during his comeback season with Washington and the staff never believed in him or wanted him to play. Smith says they made him into do extra drills and workouts, which he believes were just trying to break him. And they just wanted a good story. Smith's dad went as far as saying the coaching staff sabotaged him. Ron Rivera, the head coach defended his staff by saying they were just scared to death to play him. Okay. Okay. Now, I don't know how much of that's true. And I, I really don't want to think that most of it's true because Alex Smith, I think he's an understanding player that, you know, with him, his situation was really difficult because he was coming off of a major injury, not like an ACL tear or something. Like it was. Yeah, it, he broke a bone in yeah, his leg. Yeah, and it was. He tore everything. The leg snapped. Like, it was bad. And, like, for, for him to even come back was insane because literally people don't even know this still. He almost lost his leg. He almost lost his leg from all. He had like 17 surgeries, and he still found a way to rehab and get back on the field. And I really don't think Alex is angry towards the towards the team. Uh, that Facebook page I just stumbled over. I, it's the it's called the Real Football Talk or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I don't know how credible their sources are either. But I just thought it was an interesting thing as I saw it throughout the week. But what did, I mean. So before I finish my answer, what do you think? Like, do you think they do? I don't know how credible this football talk is either, but it sounds like uh, I think you're trying to push a narrative that isn't there or shouldn't necessarily be there. Um, I mean, if it is true that, you know, he feels like they really wanted him to just quit. I kind of stand with Ron Rivera on. I would be scared to play him too. this. You know, this man's life is in my hands for real. Um, but do you remember that game? Do you remember that game he went in? Yeah, he went against Aaron Donald. That was the first person he had to play against. That's terrifying. I this mean, guys, the <laughs> no way am I want to playing Alex Smith. And then I saw the first within the first series, he's getting his back ridden on by Aaron Donald. I was freaking out. Yeah, when, was it, when he got hit, I was actually really scared. I was like, this is it right here, you know. You gotta face Aaron Donald as your first snap back. Like, oh god. <laughs> so, I mean, kudos to Alex Smith. I hope you know. I hope the narrative isn't true because you know, 
it's Alex Smith. You know, I have a lot of respect for him, especially the way San. I think San Fran will never uh, that let down when they replaced him. That was the biggest I felt for that guy in the I hardest felt- way. I was like, dude, that sucks so bad. You got your team there. You got some guy carried them through the playoffs, but then you got replaced. That's cold hearted. That's that's how I felt about it too, and I, like I still stand on it. Like my friends and I were talking about a lot of a lot of that when that was going down, and I was like, "How can you replace a guy like Alex Smith, who's been very successful for this football team, based off of a concussion?" And one, and you get a younger guy that goes in, and I mean, you could say that Colin Kaepernick did well and took him to the Super Bowl that year, and um, you know, like like. There's a lot of arguing points on both sides, but I feel like Alex Smith didn't do necessarily anything to lose the job, and when no. they and when they replaced him, I thought that was very unfair and very unprofessional. And um, but I mean, it worked out because he got to go to some other teams and yeah, um, Kansas City. But then you know Patrick Mahomes came around and look, we another. It's another tragedy. Like it's a shame it had to be Patrick Mahomes. And, and the th- the difference between you get a guy like you get the comparison of you know Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith. Well, you, you know now it's like he definitely should have kept the starting job in my opinion. And Colin's a good quarterback. I'm not going to say he's not. He's a bad quarterback. He's a great quarterback. Um, did a lot of great things in the league. But like I definitely would have started Alex Smith over Colin Kaepernick. But then going into the Chiefs situation where you you guys get a young stud from out of college and he's dropped um, bombs and then he he has to go in and play at the end of the season and he crushes it and uh, the guys had nothing but success since he started since he started as the the official uh, lead quarterback for the team and um, just hearing the comments that Patrick had about Alex Smith and how they helped make him who he was as a quarterback was really nice to hear and like i'm glad mahomes is as humble as he is he's it seems like a good kid with a good head on his shoulders that um hasn't gotten let money hasn't let money and fame he hasn't let money and fame get into his head of of who he is and he signed he signed that big 10 million dollar contract but he's already restructured it once to keep some guys around so team he's taking notes he's taking notes from the goat yep exactly you know, yep. he, knows, he knows what's gonna take to win you know on before we like end the alex smith thing i gotta talk about colin kaepernick real quick about yeah <laughs> for the people who say like colin like kaepernick is a bad quarterback or you know job replacement i think for that time when he came in i'll i'll i'll, I'll defend his his starting role over yeah. there at the time the whole Wildcat quarterback was new to the league. It was. You had Russell yeah. Wilson. You had Cam Newton, who were the only real ones doing it at the time, scrambling, and scrambling really well. So situationally, it was a different pace that defenses weren't prepared for in the playoffs. So it's very true. I think, I think it's it was just a new flavor, and defense, defensive coordinators weren't sure how to uh, attack it. So it looked good. It looked good, but then... As time goes on, people get more familiar with it. People see what works against that type of defense, and they stick to it. So if I'm playing this quarterback, we have to we have to have that QB spy there. People get used to it. Defensive corners get used to it, and the people get run out. 
That's just my take. It's 100% true what you're saying, too, because, I mean, no one had seen that style of quarterback play in quite a long time, actually. Like, back in the early days, in the, back in the early days of the NFL, you saw a lot more of it with, like, Joe Montana, Steve Young type type quarterback play, or Fran Tarkenton, you could say. Um, and, it was a pocket league. Right, but other, everyone else's pocket passers, they didn't scramble a whole lot like those guys did. Um, so I thought it, I think it was really interesting to. I mean, we saw some we saw some of it from Michael Vick and some of it from uh, uh, Steve McNair um, a little bit, but like you didn't see it to like this extent to where like you could you could almost argue that it's taking over the league in a positive way where all these young guys can scramble really well and they can also stay in the pocket really well too. We're t- we were talking about uh, how Colin Kaepernick was kind of like a big change in the NFL when he had, when he had the starting spot over Alex Smith uh, in San Francisco. Um, but I think that like, yeah, it was a change. It was a change in style of play. And I think that like people say history repeats itself and I think that is a true statement to an extent with some with with certain things, and I mean I think that Colin Kaepernick getting to come back and uh, be that guy that kind of starts that up again along with Cam Newton and and so forth, like those those guys kind of made that that style of play relevant again, and now it's kind of taking the league by storm. Just look at how many co- young quarterbacks scramble every play now. Right. But that's the, also the reason I think he won't come back to this league is because it has kind of been solved. Like, we know how to stop a running quarterback. Yep. I mean, example, Patrick Mahomes. You put pressure on him, and you do it well. And I, that's why I don't think uh, Colin Kaepernick is back in the NFL, period, is because his quarterback play is not going to be up to level of, of what it is now. Ronathan- what it was back then was, it was different. Now a few more a few years later down the road, I think we solved it. Um, and he's, dude, I'll be honest too, Lamar Jackson, he if he's got to become a better pocket passer, he wants yes. to stay in the Yeah, Lamar Jackson needs to do a lot of improvements. I sent my friend this really funny meme the other day when they were talking about all these offensive line moves that the Chiefs were making, and now they have really bolstered their offensive line as we talked about earlier. And I, I, I sent my friend this meme, and it said, uh, Lamar Jackson just got mad and threw his phone at the wall and missed. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, Ronathan said, Cap did have his moments in the NFL, and it's a shame that he got blackballed. Yeah, I, I think he that... Yeah, I agree. It doesn't help that he has Hollywood Brown and always over... It doesn't help because he has Hollywood Brown, and he always overthrows him. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's 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 extremely true. So I mean, Lamar has a lot of big steps to to take. But I one thing I want to say that's positive about Lamar Jackson is, um, with him and his situation of being in the Ra- being on the Ravens, um, it's not even a situation because they're all, they've always been a pretty decent football team every year. Um, and I hope my friends like I hope my friend hears this because he's a he's a diehard Ravens fan. Is when the Chiefs absolutely spanked them in the first game last year. We we all watched it together, and my friend was like, "I can't stand the Chiefs." And he knows I kind of like watching the Chiefs because of Mahomes now. And, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of certain players now, and 
as I've gotten older and I like watching Mahomes play and I told my friend I was like you can't you can't get mad at um the Chiefs because they are the superior team in these moments and Lamar is missing big throws and he's overthrowing people and he's <clears throat> trying to scramble way too much when he doesn't have the offensive line to do it um but then at the end of this game uh Lamar Jackson did say he said we didn't deserve to win that game today. Like we, like we have to do better to earn a second chance at, at playing these guys. Yeah. So, and it was pretty early on in the season, um, but it was really interesting to hear a quarterback say that when he has had a lot of doubt put on him in terms of well, he's a he's more of a running back. Uh, he's True. not, you know, he's had a, a lot of things said about him, and for him to handle the media the way that he does, I think he's cut and dry straight to the point and he handles himself very very well um yeah so i, I that's that, that's my thoughts on lamar a version of lamar <laughs> kyle murray's a stud I, I i agree i think he he can stand in the pocket he's got a cannon and i think kyle murray is a is a, in the one year we've seen him i i think i think i can agree with that i think kyler murray is a little bit of a better version of lamar coming out of college so yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> um, let's talk uh, some of the Browns, shall we? Let's address the Browns. Okay, so one of the contracts that we noticed, and then we'll go into the stuff that you sent me earlier about uh, Baker Mayfield, was Jadevian Clowney in his contract. So last year, let's backtrack. Um, last year, Jadevian Clowney turned on a three-year, $57 million deal from the Browns in the offseason. So instead, this year, he signs with the Titans. He recorded zero sacks. He had a terrible year, which a lot of people actually predicted uh, was going to happen with him. And instead, this year, he has zero sacks, and he signs a one-year $10 million deal with the Browns this week. So I want to kind of talk about his his worth as a defensive end at this point like i mean yeah, i'm gonna pull up his career stats if you don't mind yeah do it um I'll, I'll i'll talk a little bit on it um one thing i find interesting is that you know he started off pretty good and then he gets off of this big contract and then he goes to a team like the titans that is actually a playoff ready team uh with ryan Tannehill and doesn't do squat last year and so now his value as a defensive end has completely gone down. Um, and he takes this really small deal uh, with the Browns this year. I think he's like, I want to pose a question of what does he have to bring to the table to to bring his value back up? And do you think it's possible for him to do it? So he's been in the league seven years. <laughs> yep, yep. Seven years. He's the first overall pick. Let's just put it that way. He was. So he has total career let's see, sacks. He has 32 sacks in seven years. Not bad. Not great. Not bad. I think we can find definitely younger talent who's like um, TJ Watt. That guy's a monster. I'm going to come from the opposite spectrum of what you're saying. Not to be argumentative, but I I no, I, for it. I think seven years in the league and thirty two sacks is terrible. Yeah, um, I, like, trying to find a reason to root for him. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I think it's I think it's a terrible number. Um, not not just like NFL wise, but also fantasy wise. If you're in IDP leagues, yeah. um, I, I I'm sorry. Like if that if that if I if I see anybody in my league draft him going into next year, I'm gonna laugh at them and be like, okay. And you know what? I would love for them to prove me wrong on that. Um, and be like, he is the right pick, and this is why. And then he blows up that year. But there was a couple of weeks that I think me and you both tried out Devian Clowney in fantasy, and he did nothing. Did like, nothing. Like we said, zero sacks. You know, fourteen tackles last season. Let's just put it that way. Fourteen tackles. So that's I, less than a tackle a game. Right. So yeah, it's, some can't even do anything. So it's like he. I wonder if he feels. I'm sure he does. I mean, I wonder if he feels the pressure. Not uh, NFL players don't care about fantasy value at the end of the day. They they think it's no. a big joke, but for their own career, I wonder if he feels the pressure that is kind of on him to have a good year. I hope so. He was there's a lot of hype coming out all over one play too, all over one play against Michigan. Yep, there's a lot of hype around coming around this guy. Yep. Oh man, but for see, 14 solo tackles last season, one forced fumble. It's not enough, but I think the Browns. I'd rather have him as a potential threat for ten million dollars. That's not a lot. It's not, and 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 in NFL terms, it's not. And he's he is a big name because he is actually a very good player. Um, and you can argue to the point of like no, not as many tackles, not as many sacks, but you have to keep in mind too, like if he's in the right spot on the field when the right play is being called. His coverage alone just might be enough to actually like make it so the ball's not thrown that direction or not ran that way, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, it might be hard for him to get in on some tackles. So this, this is, uh, and he's got Miles Garrett on the. Other. But then again, you can't really say that he's had J. J. Watt in 2014, you know. Yeah, as his counterpart. It's it's true actually yeah I forgot about that uh, Ronathan PX is saying the problem is is that he can't play he can't play end in a three four outside linebacker and it's true we've all seen it I mean yeah so yeah. I mean I'm not gonna sit here and say Jordan Klein is a bad player I I I what I'm gonna say is I think he has a lot to prove um in terms of going into this year to up his value in in this league again and show and show these teams if he doesn't stay with the browns um after this next season that you know he's worth picking up and he's worth signing so or even extending if he has a big year with the browns um but he's a he's a good talent um he, he's just been having a, a couple off years here it seems so uh ronathan also says he's an okay four three end but you know, for ten million, you know, that's kind of saying prove your worth, and really, he, I think it's his year to show him show his worth. You're yeah. gonna be a ten million. You're gonna be a ten million dollar, you know, defensive end, defensive player, or how much do you want to make? Right. Show us what you got. This is it. I honestly think this is it. If he can't do shit this for the Browns, I, his his number one overall pick was a fluke. Yep, I think that. I think I agree with that statement. If he can't have a big year this year, then I definitely agree with the statement that, you know, he is going to prove to be a bust uh, as a first-round pick. 2014 J.J. Watt, his peak season had nine and a half sacks. Uh, you got a young Miles Garrett. You know, I I think you can definitely cause some – you have the potential to cause some ruckus up in, for that division. Miles Garrett's a monster, and, yeah, I, I would 100% be after him in, 
any draft in IDP leagues. Um, so, Switching to offense. Or yeah, yeah, let's switch over to offense. offense. You want to talk about uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, so Baker Mayfield, uh, the Browns pick up two contracts. They're going to they're gonna take advantage of their fifth-year options with the rookies, Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield. They're going to pick up those fifth-year options, which, you know, in this, which really kind of raised my eyebrows was when they asked the when they asked one of the heads is he your guy for the future he said i can't answer that Ooh, so it's like you guys are still uncontent with it like what do you potentially have to address like what do you have to get right um you know i don't i i like baker for that team i think he's very fitting for the the cleveland browns that nitty-gritty you know um they're having fun last season and it was fun to watch the Browns, you know, they took them to the playoffs. They, the Browns, I've been saying this for years with all the moves they've been making for the past two or three years, is eventually this is going to click. Like, these guys are going to make this work. When you get receivers on your offense like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, and you you get a guy who is at is as athletic as Baker Mayfield who can move around the ball the way he did and is very mobile. He's kind of like I won't I won't compare him to Russell Wilson like skill wise, but he's like build wise he's a lot like Russell Wilson of how he's smaller he can get around these little crevices that other people can't, and he's fast. He actually is pretty darn fast and pretty similar on paper. Ultimately, he he had a really good year last year, and I thought it was pretty awesome to see what they did with the run game what they did with the passing game even with obj not on the field um i like baker mayfield in this offense and i like that they did a fifth year option and i like that baker mayfield actually was willing to do a fifth year option instead of ask for more money because if he has another good year he only secures his spot with this team to get extended with you know you know what i mean and then i i do like what ronathan is saying on this subject as well he says they figured out that they need to give 15 to 20 touches each to Chubb and Hunt, and that was the key to their success. And I agree, because in, I like ev- in every NFL offense, you see the run game. And when you when you see a run game prevail at the beginning of a game and they just keep pounding the ball, when you get this, these, this new concept of uh, tandem running backs, you know, you got your, your one-two punch guys, and then you get your fullback involved. Um it's, it's really interesting to see how the passing game really opens up because everyone is so damn worried about stopping the run at this point because they haven't been able to stop it all game. Now it opens your passing game up. Now it opens your tight ends up. Now it opens up everything. And I do agree with that with, with, with what Ronathan is saying in the chat. I like Ronathan. Ronathan's my boy right here. Ronathan. I had both Chubb and Hunt in fantasy last season. <laughs> you <Terrible>. did. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> you didn't know who to play. Sometimes you played both. I'm I'm gonna go out and say it. I think for their running backs next year, I think the running back that's gonna have a better ground game is going to be Nick Chubb, and I think the the running back that's gonna be more involved in the passing game as he should be, and he's gonna have another he's gonna have a big year is gonna be Kareem Hunt. I think that they're oh, they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna get him involved. Thank you for the sub, Geek. Jeez. I love you too. Um. Going back here, what do you say? <laughs> it, yeah, it especially opened up the um, 
the passing game to Kareem Hunt. And I think that's something that they can continue that they can continue on. There's a lot to learn from what they did their offense. But yeah, I mean, I think they, I, I like Baker Mayfield for the Browns. I think he's he's a good he's a good quarterback. He's a good fit. It's only been three seasons, you know, and he had it wasn't his best season with the Browns. Mm-hmm. Only by one touchdown. He, he did he drop off from his rookie season. One like 26 20, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, seventy two uh, QBR rating. Mm-hmm. It's not bad, and it's under first year offense with the, uh, Kevin Stefanski. I think there are good things to come for the Browns. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about Kevin Stefanski for me <clears throat> when there's a lot of things to talk about with Kevin Stefanski and like what didn't work um, in Minnesota and. My biggest, I have some pet peeves, I guess, with my Vikings in terms of what they've been doing. Um, What's the offense? Is the offense? He was uh, the assistant offensive coordinator with Gary Kubiak. And the offense is where they're shining too. So, I'm- one thing that I that with the Browns I thought was very notable was the Browns released the defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson, and this saved the Browns twelve million dollars versus their cap. Now. I don't like that move. I feel like they could have made something work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I'm not in the front office of an of a NFL team, so I have no idea. Um, but you could you could argue that he was one of their best defensive tackles. Sheldon Richardson's a stud. Uh, he came from Seattle to, um, to that team, so... Um, it would be it would be really good. Uh, Ronathan said they just need to they need, they just need Baker to be a game manager like Flacco did. Yeah, Flacco was never like the greatest quarterback the Ravens ever had, but he was a good game manager, and that's why the the playoff version of Joe Flacco that we saw worked in that that's season, and and that and that's why he's a Super Bowl champion. Yep, put some respect. Um. So. <laughs> Uh, put some respect on that name. No, Yo, I. Tyron Taylor, Super Bowl champion. I'm just saying. He is. Um, Jalen Hurts. Let's let's transition from quarterback talk. Do you have any more on the Browns that you want to cover? No, I'm just. I'm overall. I think I'm just happy with their moves that they've been making. As far as um, fully committing to Baker, you know, showing them that they want him in the in the long run, locking in their first round picks uh, and solidifying for them for the next two years. I'm I'm happy for them. Yeah, I like that. I, I I agree with that. I think that the the Browns are moving in the right direction, and they they made the playoffs last year. And I could be wrong on this, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think they won their division last year. Did the Steelers? Did they beat who them? who won the who won that division last year? Uh, let me see. Oh, let me look at this. All right, go on, pull that up. I'm gonna pull that up. Pull up the next one. I'm gonna put this in. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Trent- Jalen Hurts. Talking about quarterbacks, we're going to transition to one quarterback that we have been talking about all year long because every, everyone that knows me is that I'm a big NDSU fan. Go Bison. Uh, they won last year. Uh, they, they won last week in the first round of the playoffs um, in a nitty-gritty um, uh, rally game after they lost to our rivals, uh, South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Um, at home in the Fargo Dome. So ultimately, it big. It was a big week. Uh, we they beat the Eastern Washington Eagles. 
where Cooper Cup played. Um, so it was huge that they won this game because that was supposed to be one of the one of the tougher teams in the playoffs that actually did really well against South Dakota State. So the boys rallied. They showed that they want to win. So go Bison. Uh, and on that note, people that know I like the Bison know I'm, I've always been a Carson Wentz fan since he went into the NFL. I What I didn't like is the the moves that the Eagles had made in the past two years to not to physically not get Carson Wentz any help at offensive line, at receivers. They passed on receivers such as Justin Jefferson. And I'm a diehard Vikings fan, but when Carson was in Philadelphia, I was a, 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 a kind of a small... Um, I, was a, I was a small Eagles fan uh, because of Carson being there. And... I, I love the fact that he won the Super Bowl in two years, and he locked them into the playoffs that year. I know he was hurt, and he didn't play in the Super Bowl, but he they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without Carson in the season that he had when he was on track to be MVP that year. Um, so they ground and pound them. Um, I thought it was uh, idiotic of what, the, of what the Eagles have done, and then my friend's an Eagles fan, actually, naturally, just not even because Carson Wentz here. Um, oh, I look fine behind he actually, his name is Stetson, he and I were talking over Snapchat a few days ago uh, about how the Eagles couldn't make any more dumb decisions than they've already did, than, than they already have. And ultimately, within hours, they traded back into the draft to go get another position. And now there's all these conversations about, well, who's going to be the starting quarterback? And everybody assumed that when Carson left Philadelphia um, that it was going to be Jalen Hurts because that's who they were starting over, Carson. Um, they said, hold the phone. That now they said, hold the phone. Um, I'm going to blow this graphic up. We're going to cover both of us up here. It says... Eagles head coach Nick Sereni has officially declined to name quarterback Jalen Hurts the starting quarterback and expects competition at the position. The only other quarterback on the Eagles roster as of right now is a veteran quarterback, Joe Flacco. So this actually worked out really well to transition to this topic. So how do you see this competition going between Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts, John? I think coach is just trying to you know, light a fire under Jalen Hurts, let him know that, hey, um, he's not going to come out and say it, but I think Coach already knows, like, you, you got to roll with him. You got to roll with, with Hurts, man. You can't put in Joe Flacco or off the beat. What if Joe Flacco does, though? What if Joe Flacco does pop off all of a sudden? But as an Eagles fan, going Hurts. This, this is why you drafted him, right? Yeah. I mean, you, this is exactly why. First round, second round? I don't know. I I can't remember what round they got him, but it was like the dumbest decision ever because that was the year like they had all these. I think he was like a second or third round quarterback. I want to say, but it didn't make it didn't make a whole lot of sense as to why they drafted a quarterback when their draft should have solely been focused on their offensive line and their receivers, and they already failed that receiver by passing on Justin Jefferson. He was even though like yeah he didn't have like the better pro days. Um, of all the other receivers, he had great pro days. Everybody was saying that Jalen Rager was going to be the guy that was better, faster, all the above, and so they drafted they drafted Jalen Rager, and now they are really eating their words on that. And Ju- Justin Jefferson is mad. Like I, I love this kid's mentality. I love his attitude. 
he has thrown some massive shade at the Eagles, and he's glad that Minnesota drafted yeah, him. Should. Go ahead, go off, go off, Justin Jeff. Tell him. He tell he, everyone that passed up on you how much they regret that decision. He's he's furious, and he said, "I have a target on my back. I want to play next year." When I, when we when we get to the portion where we're, where we cover our team's needs, we'll talk more about that. Um, but yeah, I think the Eagles. For my thought on it is is that if the head coach is now officially not naming him the starting quarterback, I think it's not a matter of him knowing that he needs to start Jalen Hurts. I think it's a, him having very serious doubt that that this is the guy. That this is this might not be the guy. Like, why do we I mean, draft him? It wasn't him? his pick, right? Wasn't yeah. his pick? No, it was Harry Roseman. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so I'm I'm now thinking that the Eagles are really starting to feel the the sting of not having Carson there anymore, um, yeah. and now that he's Carson is going to have a big test in in, in in Indianapolis now with the Colts, but mm-hmm. I think he's ready for it. But I do think that the Eagles are very uncertain of who they're going to play at quarterback because. To me, to even go out and get a guy like Joe Flacco, who's been in the league for years and hasn't had the greatest of seasons in the past, but to bring him in for competition, I feel like that's also a sign that you don't fully trust this young quarterback that you have. I'll give the example of Ron Rivera and Haskins. That wasn't his guy. He had no commitment to him. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, homeboy gets cut, traded, but it, there's no, uh, like I said, it wasn't his guy. It wasn't his pick. He has no commitment to him. That's his. If I know, Ron Rivera. And by no means do am I like bashing on Jalen Hurts because we haven't seen enough of him yet to really even make a fair judgment on how he plays. Um, right. But like, we're if he gets the starting job, we're gonna know at the end of this year. But all, but, but like with all these signings and. Like all these things being said about how he's not automatically going to be labeled the starter because most teams have named their starting quarterback going into the next season um, if they don't need a if they don't need a quarterback. So these guys got two quarterbacks now, um, and still doubtful. And they still they still don't know who they're going to start. So and they're I believe that. <laughs> and I and I still believe that with the Eagles, I don't think that they are very a uh, very well ran football team. After they won their Super Bowl, I feel like they had a massive sophomore slump or or Super Bowl slump, mm-hmm. not sophomore slump, um, and they're still in it. They they don't know what to do with this team right now because this team has fallen apart. They've lost a lot of key defensive starters. They lost a lot of offensive linemen, and they they can't seem to stay healthy. So I don't. I think this team doesn't know what the direction they're going. But good luck, guys. Good luck, Eagles fans. Yep. It's going to be a tough one. It could be a rough one again. We'll see what happens. But I, we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts. Um, who, to end that conversation, who do you think is going to be the starter for next year? Jalen Hurts. The reason the organization drafted him. If he's not, that's why I'm not an Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, like, I'm going to say never. I'm going to go on the opposite side of it, and I'm going to say – through train through start? through training camps, I I think Flacco and his veteran experience is gonna come out on top if they're truly gonna have a competition at this. I would laugh so hard. I mean, I like I respect Flacco. What he if, was in my division a couple seasons ago with the Broncos. 
What if he like gets a spark underneath him to play better because he does he starts just becoming the goat again? Like you forget who I am? I'm did you, did you forget who playoff Flacco is? Well let me just remind you. I'm gonna say that just a just a bold theory that I have on that is I like that. I like he's gonna he's gonna open the doors this year. Hey, we love a veteran comeback. We love a veteran comeback. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about some uh, one other topic that I found here that was really interesting. Um, so Thaddeus Moss did not do well uh, where he went last year, and I think that he, that he was with the Washington Football Team. He really didn't do much, and that Moss last name carries a lot of. Um, wait but i think this is actually going to work out for the best for him because the cincinnati Bengals have officially claimed thaddeus moss um and he's going to be playing with his old quarterback from lsu where they won champion where they won championships um what? so the Bengals have a new tight end. They got Thaddeus Moss, and it's going to be Joe. It, it could possibly be the Joe Burrow and Thaddeus Moss show again, as it was in college. What? Do you think this is going to be a good thing for Joe Burrow, especially coming off that injury? Oh yeah, I mean, if I think you're so young, you know, any any sense of like comfortability and having you know coming back from an injury, you know. It wasn't a great season. This is his, like, another spark. I know this guy. I know the connection. I know how he moves. I, it could be good. Now, they're, what's their position? Are you think they're going to draft him early? What's that? He, are they going to draft him early? Or he did not play? So, he was, oh. he, he was, Thaddeus Moss was drafted by Washington last year. And oh. then he played, but, like, he didn't, he didn't do very well over on that team. So, then he was cut. And then the Bengals claimed him off of waiver wires. Wow, I'm reading that right now. Wow. Yep, they claimed yeah, him. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. If I'm a Bengals fan, any form of familiarity, Thaddeus Moss, Joe Burrow, I like it. What do you think? I think it's a great signing. I think that you really have nothing to lose with it. And if this guy decides to you know, blow up and... Um, be as successful as his father was, which I'm not saying in one year you can do that, but I, but I, but I will say, you know, if he like gets on the right track, I think Thaddeus Moss could have a really good career in the NFL. Cause I, I mean, who did, who did the Bengals even have at tight end off the top of your head or off, off the top of my head? I can't think of, I'm not a Bengals fan, but who did the Bengals have at tight end currently? Jay Uzama? No, that's not him. <laughs> See, you don't even know. I have no idea. Is an American football tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> CJ Usama. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Madden. <laughs> let me uh let me look this up. Uh Bengals tight end. Cause I can't I cannot remember the depth chart. <laughs> I cannot remember who it is. Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert. He's pretty good. Tyler. Tyler Eifert was tight end. He's now in Jacksonville. He was. So two years ago, the only one there left was CJ Uzama. So this could be good. This could be good this for Thaddeus Moss. This could be great. This could be a big thing for Thaddeus Moss to be with his old okay, quarterback. Here we go. There's it's not even CJ Uzama's not even their star. Who's Drew Sample? What's that? 
you cut out. Drew for... Sample is their starting tight end. Drew, yeah, yeah, you gotta, yeah, you you, you can't go wrong with this signing. You, we'll you, take it. You can't. I'll t- I've, if I were a Bengals fan, I'd say this is exciting because best news off season right now. What, what we have is not working. What what we got yeah, could work. Offense. We have hope now, and we sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> um, so. Speaking of hope, speaking of hope, let's talk about the hopes of Julian Edelman and what his career was and um, his hall, the possibility of Hall of Fame. So, Hall of Fame stats. This has been a huge topic of debate of um, who should make it to the Hall of Fame, who shouldn't. Um, So, Pro Football Hall of Fame has just released. Um, recently that with the news of at Edelman's retirement um, today he would be first eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2026 and before we go into too much discussion about it um, I am gonna bring up his stat sheet of what he did in his career and then we'll talk about just uh, we'll talk about um, what your thoughts on a guy like Edelman getting into the Hall of Fame are. Because there's been a lot of debate about this, actually. So Julian Edelman's career, he was a seventh-round draft pick, which is incredible, by the way, that he had the success that he had. He is a three-time Super Bowl champion with uh, Tom Brady. Um, He is a one-time Super Bowl MVP where he had that ridiculous catch uh, between his legs uh, where the ball never touched the ground. He had a total of 620 receptions. 6,822 receiving yards, 41 total touchdowns, 118 postseason receptions, and 1,422 postseason yards, second most in the Super Bowl era behind only Jerry Rice. So my my instant thought on seeing these numbers is, yes, this guy is a Hall of Fame uh, receiver, um, we we talked earlier before we started the stream of whether he should make it or not based off of these numbers because a lot of people will sit here and say that the the Patriots are a system team and look at what happened when Tom Brady left. Um, mm-hmm. Julian Edelman could never really seem to get healthy as of the last couple of years. Uh, he got in trouble for peds, so a lot of people are going to point that out. Um, you know, it's it's kind of interest. It's it's kind of an interesting subject to talk about because you see those numbers, you see how successful he was in the league, but then you start bringing up these little tidbits of information uh, on Julian Edelman. What are you? What are your thoughts on Julian Edelman, John? Like, what do you? What do, What do you think of 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 this situation? I respect him. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer in my, uh, but he is a eventual. I think he eventually gets in just because. I mean, look at the time. If you, if what it is, you know, Super Bowl Hall of Fame, the dude's got what three rings. Yep. That's, that's more player. That's more than any player on my t- team has ever had. Um, and just think of his highlight plays, like plays in in playoff situations where he's come through for them and he's got them to that next level such as the pass to was it chris hogan 
in the playoffs. So you got the catch between the legs, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. and Falcons, the Super Bowl. Like he's coming from a court. He's a quarterback at Kent State. Yeah. Not even a wide receiver. Like, come on, man. Like, I think eventually he does get in. Uh, not a first ballot in my eyes just because, you know, it's Tom Brady throwing you the football, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Brady is uh, it's the GOAT. He still is the GOAT, you know. Um, but he's got, I, I would say, not first ballot, second, third. Why not? I, I, I actually really love that, the way you word that, because, you know, seventh round pick. You know, this is this is another guy um, that you can compare to Tom Brady in some ways. Of Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. Julian 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 Edelman is a seventh round pick. When they were in New England together, they won three Super Bowls together, and that I mean, the love that Julian Edelman himself has shown for Tom Brady is immense, and and they they respect each other's game to the max um his numbers are good um 41 touchdowns 620 receptions 6822 uh receiving yards and that's not even including the 1400 yards that are in postseason that's that's really interesting um so i think uh, i don't i agree you know when he becomes eligible in 2026 i agree with the statement of maybe not a first round ballot but you know, second, third, fourth round ballot, I think, is perfectly acceptable for him to go into the Hall of Fame. But like, you get into this conversation of like Hall of Fame, of Hall of Fame, and what players should go in and why they should go in. And we were talking about it before we went live a little bit with, mm-hmm. you know, certain players. Like, I would never, and I, someone in chat's gonna go off at me on this. I can already feel it. I would never allow Eli Manning into the Hall of Fame. Never. Never. He's got two, three. He's got two rings, though. And he does have two rings, and they are against the Patriots. But here's why I wouldn't. There is a there is a stat sheet on Eli Manning. Um, if you want to look that up real quick, actually, and just send it to me. Eli Manning stats. Yeah, I'll pull it up. Like, just do career stats for Eli Manning. I can't remember what they all were, but like his touchdown to interception ratio alone is terrible terrible he says let's check it it's, out it's awful like it's not even like his win and loss record wow, is that's a lot 366 to 244 his his win to loss ratio is insanely like it's it's not acceptable and like to me like that just shows any average football fan that a ring does not make you a hall of fame player and I like the Manning brothers. I think Eli Manning was a good quarterback, but I do think the hype behind him was so overrated. Um, I remember watching the Vikings play him all the time, and I mean the, the Vikings don't have any Super Bowls, so I'm not gonna sit here and say that like they were always a better team than than the Giants. But well, just say it. Mo- just tell them. <laughs> most most times when the when the Giants and Vikings played. They sacked Eli Manning like eight times. Like his sack numbers are insane. Do you have his stats up? Eli Manning? Yeah. Yeah, so career stats right now. Uh three hundred and sixty six touchdowns, two hundred and forty four interceptions. 
Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. I've, I kind of zoned yeah. out. All right, 366 touchdowns mm-hmm. to 244 interceptions. That's 57,000 career yards. That's a terrible QBR rating. Well, what's his QBR rating? Let's see. What do you fit? What's this? Let's see. Eli's career. Let me look it up. But yeah, I'm with uh, I'm with our boy right there. Look at our, look the chat agrees. Yeah. Chad agrees. Eli's not a Ronathan does Ronathan says Eli's not a Hall of Famer. Um, Mad Dog is saying not a Hall of Famer. But then again, you want to go on the of Calvin Johnson. What about him? You know, he has no ring. Right, and that's see that's the thing that like I I always want to bring up with this is that rings in a sense don't make you a Hall of Famer or the greatest of all time. Um, it's it's how you played. It's how successful you were in terms of how unstoppable you were. And so we all. On, if, to yeah. answer your question about the QBR, he is ranked thirty one of all time QBR rating at two, an eighty two point seven one. And that's low. Aaron Rodgers at one hundred four is number one. So there's thirty other quarterback, thirty one other quarterbacks ahead of him. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And, 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 and NFL terms, that's a lot. 31, Eli Stafford's at 29. Jay Cutler has a better overall career. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't tell me Jay Cutler's going into the Hall of Fame either, right? <laughs> Jay Cutler's not going in the Hall Jay of Fame. Jay Cutler at 20, 26. Don't tell me Jay Cutler's going to the Hall of Fame. No. Get out of here with that. No. But that just proves the point that we're talking about, is that... Rings don't make you a Hall of Fame player. They don't. They they simply don't. Um, and this goes with any sport. I mean, it, I don't know. Like this is gonna spark a conversation, but that's okay. So what like, so like, there's like this Michael Jordan and LeBron James debate forever, right? Yep. Well, you could you could bring this up and say I'm gonna say LeBron James is the greatest player of this decade. That's fair. Like, like last ten years, Michael Jordan is the best to ever play. Okay. Of all time, like, and people will sit there and disagree with that, but you have to think of how different the league is now compared to back then, right? Um, Right. They, you could, they played so much more harder than they they played so much harder than they did they do now. The the amount of defense that was played back then was levels of intensity higher defenses Um, couldn't or offenses couldn't hang with defenses there was literally when like the street ball yeah in a sense it was almost like street ball at times and there's these big fights and you watch the detroit pistons and uh the chicago bulls play back in the day it was rough man like they like the referees and all the former referees and players that all joined the last dance documentary talked about this and Dennis Rodman said, we had this thing called Jordan rules, and the refs knew about it, and that was that we have to keep Michael Jordan out of the air, or we knew we were going to lose that game. So they would beat the absolute dog shit out of Michael Jordan the entire game and to keep him on the ground. So when Dennis Rodman saw him take these beatings, he was just like, 
yeah, I want to play with that guy. If he can take that beating and still get back up, you know. And he did. He eventually went to the Bulls and he played with Jordan. And Jordan was the only guy that was able to get through to him. So it's just a prime example of, you know, the Hall of Fame aspect. I think both these guys are Hall of Fame players between Michael Jordan and LeBron. But, you know, all the people say, well, he's been... Yeah, people saying people say, well, LeBron's been to the NBA Finals more times. Well, he's also been in the league longer than Jordan ever was, and and Jordan took two years. Jordan took a full season off, and he filmed to play baseball and golf, and he tried to figure some other things out. And he came back and he won three more championships. And what motivated him to win three more championships is he came back, made the playoffs when he wasn't in basketball shape with one of the same teams and he filmed space jam and he literally had everybody else come on um he to the set of space jam and they built a gym for michael jordan to get back into basketball shape so the guy was like getting next to no sleep between filming the movie and getting into back into basketball shape and he would have he would have the scrimmages with like some of the best and uh nba players so it was really interesting favorite movie yeah uh yeah so that i i think the hall of fame discussion is a really interesting one to have about any sport because you have to factor in generations and you have to factor in players on a roster and like eli manning's roster carried him his defense carried him to the that, Super Bowl. that offensive line was pretty monstrous too yeah that, that old line was good player, uh, that's something i looked into heavily was that offensive line monster yeah they were good the offensive line was good but what didn't that didn't even really elevate his play what elevated his play was the defense getting the offense back on the field all the time and turnovers and and they had a high they had a high scoring defense barber on there Mm -hmm. during peak they had shannon oh who's the guy with the the gap teeth oh michael strahan michael strahan (laughs) don't do Oh man! Yeah, good Michael, times. Michael Strahan. Yeah, uh, he he was there, and uh, yeah, I think that it's always going to be a fun topic of discussion. Um, but it's always going to be a debate too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, good points brought up. Um, I probably talked a lot. Do you have any thoughts that you wanted to add on that? Yeah, before I mean. And we're at the hour mark, but I really want to hear your thoughts on uh, the Trey Lance. Yes, Um, I. We're going into drafting now, right? We're gonna, we're gonna. We've covered a lot, but now my main concern: Trey Lance. There's a lot of hype around him. Yeah, he had a separate pro day recently. He did. Saw uh, I saw ESPN feature. Maybe you saw it about the his little. uh, tried to raise his stock value they interviewed him asked him a couple questions i really was interested in it. he went undefeated the undefeated season yeah so when he was at ndsu he went 16 and 0 uh, and for the fcs football and he threw zero interceptions zero interceptions yep and they won the championship and then he threw his first interception last season so they had one game because the 2021 se- the 2020 season got canceled until spring football uh, and for FCS because a lot of teams are backing out because of COVID. So he got one game and he threw his first career interception. Yep. So on that note, where do you 
where do you where do you see his draft stock? Where do you see him sitting at within I, the rankings? I think it's high. I you know, and a lot of people are gonna argue it and say, well, you know, he only had one season as like a true freshman for NDSU. Um, but you can also say, well, he did win he did win a a natty in his one year that he played. Um, and he he played I think for like four or five games when Easton Stick went down uh the okay. year the year before when he was a redshirt freshman so he and he went undefeated in those games too um so there's a lot to be said about his success uh, his, his success rate and his competitiveness um that he just naturally holds so i think in, in one of the key things if you watch any of his games at ndsu is that he's very mobile and you don't know when he's gonna run, and like even at the championship game that my friend and I went to down in Texas um, together, we said at the beginning of the year we're gonna go. So we went yep. to this game, and he did this play where he faked a rush, and then he stopped, um, and then he threw the pass to the tight end in the end zone. So like he made that front seven think. Okay, he's gonna run. So he basically pulled a blitz onto himself and then just lobbed the ball over the over the defensive line to the tight end when all the pressure was taken off and it was like nobody was guarding him in the end zone. It was insane. He just has some very good natural in- instincts, and I think it's really unfair to like grade him down because of one interception that he threw in college in the one in the one game that he got to play. And a lot of people are gonna talk. Just, oh, he played in you know at NDSU. Yeah. But you know what? NDSU's had some great quarterbacks to come out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Bro- come out of there. Brock Six, Jensen. Everyone gets drafted. Everyone gets drafted out of NDSU. In the offensive line too, there's a lot of really great offensive line that come from NDSU, and the school itself has now officially become one of those top tier schools to so go go get offensive line from, and and quarterback play and I, re- I was really hoping that some other wide receivers would kind of make it bigger in the nfl but they didn't um but um but it's interesting to look at the track record of some of these guys that are coming out of ndsu brock jensen went to the miami dolphins the draft he got cut ultimately but then he went to the canadian football league which you know still gives you an opportunity someday right and he has won i think a couple championships over for the team they plays for and then from Brock Jensen, we transitioned to Carson, and Carson won won a championship after Brock won two or three. Um, Carson wins. Yeah, and then so Carson won a championship, and then Easton Sick came in, played eight games for Carson when he was hurt. Carson won the championship uh, for the team. So then Easton Stick goes in, and he loses a championship, and then he wins two more. Um, and then we, we transitioned to Trey Lance and then Trey Lance gets his first real start of the season, which was interesting because they brought in Zeb Noland and they brought in Trey Lance to fight for the job. Trey Lance wins the job and then he goes 16 and no, throws, inter- throws zero interceptions, wins the championship. Which is hard to do. It's incredibly hard to do. And like a whole season no interceptions and for someone to say things like all the media like saying the things like well it's fcs football okay they play it down they play it down a lot okay well uh billy turner he's an offensive lineman for the packers um 
Joe Haig just won a Super Bowl as an offensive lineman for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Carson Wentz won a Super Bowl in two years of Philadelphia. Like Cooper Cup came from Eastern Washington. Cup, I love Cooper Cup. He's a Let's stud. Go. Like there's there's a lot of players in the NFL that came from FCS. I mean, does anybody know the name of Kurt Warner from the Arizona Cardinals? Okay. Just saying, like, it'd be just because it's FCS football doesn't mean anything. You could say the same thing about Chad Greenway. He came from he came from nine man football, one of the yeah, best. Even, t- even played down the of these upper bigger schools. You got all these USC quarterbacks coming into, and they do what? To shit the bed. Yeah, they bust. I'm sorry. I like. I mean, I used to root for USC during Pete Carroll days, but USC quarterbacks trash. <laughs> I think it's it's really unfair to judge a player based off of what school they're coming from all the time when you can look at their success rate and how well they did at their position. And I think the FCS is getting more and more well known that they have some very good players um, that that have gotten have gotten drafted and have made it. Um, Trey Lance is so yeah. To answer the question before, I don't want to go into any more tangents. I guess. Trey Lance, his draft stock is, it should stay high. Um, middle of the pack? He's somewhere in the middle of the first? My bold, I think he's a first. I, they, they're saying he's a first, but here's the thing is, because he's an FCS quarterback, I feel like a lot of that's going to come down to it on draft day. So what I think they're going to, I think what's going to happen with this is ultimately they are going to probably have him drafted in the second or third round. I think he's going to drop back a little bit. If you were to compare him to an NFL quarterback, current NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. who are you comparing him to? As someone who doesn't watch NDSU football, I'd say he's kind of like a he's a mixed caliber between. Thanks for Luxuka. I think he is a mixed caliber between Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes. Got the arm arm strength of Patrick Mahomes. He has a cannon arm. Yeah, he's got a he's got a he's got a really good arm. So and the mobility and stature, stature like Kyler Murray or what? Yeah, he's got a pretty. He's not like the shortest guy because he is like six two. So, um, but like when he's playing, he doesn't look that tall. But I think we're gonna see him hit some training camps, and he's gonna be a big boy. What what team would be lucky to get him? From what the looks of it is, if he doesn't drop down, he's gonna. He, I think he's gonna. He's probably gonna go to around uh, San Francisco, is what the rumors what the rumors are. Uh, San Francisco traveled out. Kyle Shanahan traveled out twice to go watch his pro days, um, and then I like that. I, I you know just off off of the one clip that I did see of that ESPN footage, mobile quarterback. You got you know you got a lot of wide receivers, a big offensive line over there in San Fran. It could, that could work. That could work. I agree, and We're like, heavy right? I I completely agree with that, and I think that you know, I think he'll probably most likely go to San Francisco if his draft value doesn't drop. But um, if I realistically, I don't see him dropping out of the first round. I know I said probably second or third round because of FCS, but that's like kind of the just because of the love that the FCS doesn't get. But I, with the hype that's built around him currently, I do think he will go in the first round. Um, who would be lucky to get him? Uh, Minnesota. My Viking. Wow. 
my Vikings the franchise. They have not. Yeah, they they haven't had an opportunity to get a quarterback like this before um, appropriately. And we've filled some gaps at offensive line in the offseason, and we filled a lot of our defense back up. So I think think getting a good backup quarterback behind Kirk Cousins and not some guy like Sean Mannion, who is terrible— is is it's huge like because you kind of light a fire underneath Kirk Cousins to play well and on top of it you have a guy who's a projected starter if Cousins were if something were to happen to Kirk Cousins which I didn't want I don't want anything to because he's a great quarterback um you know it's it's tough to say but like if something were to happen to Kirk you need a guy that's ready to play and to step up. And Sean Manning has never been that guy. Sean Manning, you know when he was going in, you were going to lose the game. Um, <laughs> like, it's just the way it was. And it sounds terrible to say, but I feel like that's a true statement. Um, so, so are you pulling the trigger on him first round? I think if, if you have the opportunity at the 14th pick, yeah, you take him. Okay. Yeah, you, you take him. And I think he's that guy. I, I, I got to see this. Um, offensive line, if they don't, if they don't get any offensive linemen, because there's going to be a lot, a lot of good offensive linemen in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. Like, and you want to get those first round offensive linemen, but we also have seen some of those first round guys bust too. So it's tough to say. Flops. So that's this week, though. That's the draft is this week. Golly. it's coming up. It's coming up. They're about to change. About the shake and bake in the NFL. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, I would hate to play running back for a Shanahan offense. He gets his running back running backs hurt. He does get. They ready. always drop. They drop a lot. Last season was like a carousel fantasy trying to do that. Ronathan. One never fun. One thing that's interesting too that we haven't got to, t- to discuss and we'll briefly cover it is so there's a new rule in the NFL that players can swap their jerseys but they can swap numbers now as well going into the season there there's less there is less rules and strictness on on what number you can have in the NFL um so buy their jerseys yeah so what was what the players were told is if they want to change their number they actually need to buy out the rest of their inventory and i i do have one math number that i can pull in for you um or just in the discord to show you of how much how expensive this is so the players have been told they have to buy their existing jersey inventory if they want to change their number this year now this is true this is this is a fact and in a felt inventory i'm guessing yeah yep the nfl inventory so one thing that's to be noted is Dalvin Cook looked into this because he thought about changing his number back to four. Um, and <laughs> Look at me. That's great. It was insane how much it cost. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. I know exactly how much it costs oh. um, if I can't find it. You passed the you passed that graphic that you just used. Oh, there, is that one? No. No. Okay, so up a little bit more is the graphic you just pulled up. So, or after that, I might not even I might not have even put it in here to be honest. 
But the the math number for Matt for Dalvin Cook to change his number would have been one and a half million dollars. Okay, that's a lot. Chunk change to these guys, <laughs> but that's a lot of money. <laughs> just for a, just for inventory switch. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Uh, so he backed out. He's not gonna do it. He's leaving his number thirty-three. Stefan Diggs said he's not changing his number. He said. People have supported number 14 since they came into the league. I'm not going to change my number. They spent their hard-earned money on 14, so I'm not going to swap it out. So I thought that was really awesome of Diggs. Um, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of players change their numbers going forward. Uh, I don't don't, don't see it. Team switches, people change their numbers all the time. Look at Carson Wentz. He's got the new number now, right? Yeah, he's number two. Number two. you got to get you that two jersey now. Yep, I am. I'm actually going to get one. I'm going to get a Colts jersey. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting side note that they had for the for the jersey, the numbers. Fun facts, big us delivering fun facts to you guys. Uh, let's see here. What else did you send me, John? Uh, no, my my biggest thing was that Trey Lance. I just wanted to see your in- Browns pick. We covered we covered Orlando. Um, so let's go ahead and cover the teams. Uh, that we love, and that is the Chargers and the Vikings. So I've done my fair share of talking, so I'm going to have you talk about your Chargers for a bit. And the draft's coming up. What you want to see them go after, and what do you think they need? All right, so if you saw last, you know, our last episode a couple weeks ago with the Rum Boys, um, offensive line, that's our first address. You know, we got some picks, but we need depth. Just kind of like Kansas City is doing, we need depth. We need to protect our guy. Um, we can't have another. We can't have Joe Burrow, our guy, go down like Joe Burrow. That's it's terrible. I saw I saw a uh, in the Chargers picture in the Chargers forum saying this is why we need to invest in our. We can't have a quarterback go down like that. You right. know that we haven't seen it yet, but it could definitely uh, hinge his career. Just a, an injury like that, you know, he may not ever play the same. For example, RG3, you know, that guy went down to injury, never played the same when he had an awesome rookie season. Yeah. Um, so point. I hope we do address the offensive line. That's That would be my main concern. Secondary, I think we go, we're lucky, we pick up a wide receiver. We need the depth. Defensively, we need cornerbacks. We need cornerbacks. So I think priority would be O-line, cornerbacks, wide receivers. Um, you know, we get Derwin James back as a safety. That- definitely a playmaker on the field um i think we have a 13th overall pick we're right in front of you yeah you're right in front of us yep so we'll we'll be in contact during the draft <laughs> we, we will be yep i agree with that uh penny so well that's who i want i want the vikings if they don't get the opportunity at trey lance which i don't think they will i want them to get that offense lineman so well i would i'll take that too you know i think Suell's is probably the the most you know the most promising offensive line but there there are some definitely uh other there's like another top top there's top four top four that i would be comfortable with maybe mm-hmm. even three but i think uh you you too also need offensive we do we need offensive line bad um but we you know it's frustrating well you know that we can talk about it like with the vikings for me, as a Vikings fan, fans have been screaming at the front office of this team to go get an offensive line for the last four seasons. 
Um, I think the last four seasons we've sat around 27th, 28th, 30th, 29th um, with our offensive line rank in the league. And that's out of 32 teams, boys and girls. That's that's a, that's pathetic that you can't get this right in four years. And the Chiefs just got it right in one. Like yeah. in one offseason. And the Chiefs signed a $10 million contract with Patrick Mahomes. Or uh, no, what was his contract? It was some crazy. Is a ten year, ten year hundred fifty mil? Yeah, like it that. was insane. It was an insane amount of money. Yeah. That's um. And they still got people paid, and they still got people back. And then you get guys like Tom Brady who restructure, and to keep a good offensive line around him, and to keep good players on defense. You know, seven years, a hundred fifty million. God, that's nuts. And, and the Vikings can't seem to figure out how to get their offensive line bolstered in four years, and the Chiefs did it in six months. Oh, it's it's kind of a slap in the face as a fan. So I really hope the Vikings really dive all into this uh, offensive line issue that they have this year. And now that the Chiefs have set the example, I hope the Vikings see this and say, yeah, we got to do this too. Because when Kirk Cousins has times has time to throw the ball he's fantastic um and to back that statement up you know he's had three of his best career best seasons in his career with the, with the minnesota vikings um and looking at his stats here I, I grabbed these so kirk cousins last season he had more yards than kyler murray russell wilson ryan Tannehill, and lamar jackson he had a higher completion percentage and Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Tom Brady. He had more touchdowns thrown than Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. And he had more yards average to play than Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. That's Those are all great quarterbacks. Like... When, when he has time to throw the ball, it's it's massive. And I really want them to dive in deep into this offensive line and say, we gotta get we got to get him protection. And on top of it, we had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. We, we still had the fourth best offense. So you, you bolster your offensive line. You, you, you go from being a fourth best offense, maybe to be the first or second with Justin Jefferson and... and Chad Beebe and all these guys that were just going off last year for the Vikings offense. Um, we had one of the worst defenses last year because we lost a bunch of starters and a lot of guys got hurt. Well, now our defense is healthy. We have picked up some defensive ends and cornerbacks. Daniel Hunter is going to be back. He looks ready to go. He He's not holding out. He's going to play um, to try to earn that contract. And the Vikings are in a good spot. They went from a really bad spot in cap space to a really good spot. Now they have money to spare. And that's going to be good going into next year. So I think with the draft, you add depth to your cornerbacks. Mike Zimmer does. You get this defense back to where they were. Um, I think it was a mistake letting Kevin Stefanski go last year. Uh, he should have kept him around big time. Um, but we, we'll have to make it work now. Uh, I knew that he was a great offensive mind. Um, but in terms of player-wise and position-wise, we need offensive line. We need a couple defensive tackles. We, we need two or three linemen. We need a couple uh, defensive tackles, 
possibly defensive end and for depth and then we need a couple corners and then for the love of christ go out and get a kicker because okay. uh late in the draft you don't need to get a kicker early go out and get a kicker because i'm sick and tired of watching these old veteran guys come in and shank extra points and 30 yard chip shots that these guys are just simply getting paid to do now instead of doing it in college like it was nothing you're getting paid to do it that should be more incentive to make your field goals so stop hitting the post stop going wide left or right go get a kicker and stop putting up with the bullshit of the kicker that always misses the extra point when you need that extra point to get ahead in the game because the vikings lost a lot of games last year within actually a field goal or less I think like six. I think like four or five of their losses came from less than a field goal, which is rough. Okay. So uh, you know what? Same. I mean, I don't think my team needs a. I think we just resigned kicker, but it's the worst when your kicker can't get shit right. It's in like an extra point on an offensive drive. It shows it you the world. I mean, Dan Bailey missed in one game, I think, like two extra points and two field goals that were within 35 yards. And you you do the math on that, two extra points, two field goals, that's six, that's eight points off the board. That's a full touchdown. That's a full score with a, with a two-point conversion. That's huge. Like, that's a, that's a full possession on the field. And that means your defense also laid it on the line and they stopped people. They stopped the offensive drive to a field goal. Or, you know, like, it's, it's just crazy numbers to, to talk about that how, how many games the Vikings lost and were just barely out of playoff contention, even with one of the worst defenses in the league that was allowing, like, 35 to 40-plus points a game last year. So that's my thoughts on the Vikings. That's what they need to do in the draft. That's my thoughts on the Chargers, man. We need to fix some stuff, but on our way. Our organizations were a draft. We all hope a draft pick away from a super. We all hope and believe that. Um, so we'll go through some fun things here, uh, and then we'll we'll close out. So one thing I noticed about the Vikings too was the Vikings signed Xavier Woods from the Cowboys. And Xavier Woods said, just as much as I was preparing for the Vikings offense, I was watching Harrison Smith. That was one of the main reasons why I wanted to be here, to learn from him and to play with him. So that was kind of exciting. Um, There's been new rumors coming out of the mill that the Vikings have been interested in the Auburn wide receiver Anthony Schwartz. Uh, The Vikings have reached out to him and his agent multiple times during this draft process. Schwartz ran a blazing 4.26. 0.40 time. He is expected to be drafted on day three of the draft. Third rounders are sometimes they're sleepers. Um, some small things for me: Justin Jefferson, uh, Gridiron, the Gridiron. Uh, I saw that they said, "What school? What school is the true wide receiver university?" And Marlon Humphreys said, "Bama or LSU." But being that LSU hasn't won a natty in years, it's got to be Bama. And Justin Jefferson said, "Do I got memory loss, or did we just win a championship two years, <laughs> or did we just win the championship two years?" <laughs> oh. A lot of talent to come out of wide uh, receivers, DBs, just all around. 
some fun stuff here was the higher the highest passer rating for when targeted last season tight ends with 30 plus targets there was only two and it was robert tanyan uh from the green bay packers of 148.3 i had him in fantasy and then irv smith jr at 139.7 so people bashing the vikings for not keeping kyle rudolph we're gonna be okay gonna be all right uh michael pierce weighed in he says that he is weighed in at 335 pounds to 340 pounds and that's where he wants to play um pierce defensive tackle uh yes yep um what else here so we've talked about rings earlier and just the value of them um the stat line says top ringless quarterbacks dan marino is number one jim kelly is number two randall cunningham is number three the vikings had him at one point fran tarkenton number four he was a viking for life philip rivers um there's your boy there's your boy philip rivers Philip <laughs> Rivers. I gotta find it for you here. Uh, Get number five, Doc Garnet. Gosh darn it! Uh, yeah, Philip Rivers is in the number five spot. Warren Moon. The Vikings had Warren Moon at one point. Dan Fouts, yeah. Steve McNair, Michael Vick, and Jim Everett. So kind of an interesting list that I found from that. Um, Phil, Jonathan, right? Easy. This, this a lot ca- of things like, but don't put some respect on Philip <laughs> Givers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Um, the real football talk, again, I don't know how credible these guys' sources are, so don't take it to heart. There's, They're saying that there's a now report, this was as of yesterday, there's Reports now that the Jets have offered a huge trade package to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson, assuming the number assuming that the number two pick is in the deal. Um, so that's kind of interesting because the Jets are projected to actually go after um, Zach Wilson from BYU. BYU. Yep. Um, so pro pro fantasy football, um, pro football focus, who, who the Run Boys work with, posted this. The highest graded rookie seasons by a player selected in the first round of the NFL draft since 2015 says Justin Jefferson is in the top at 2020 with 90 with 90.4. Um, Josh Jacobs had 87.1 in 2019. Saquon Barkley followed that in 2018 with uh, 85.2, and Baker Mayfield was in the fourth position on this list in 2018 baker mayfield at 83.2 that graphic uh pro football focus um so then on your face oh sorry sorry highest graded okay yeah i'll decrease my stuff here real quick so you can see it yeah so that's where those numbers are coming from uh what else here before we close what are your thoughts on Josh Jacobs? Overrated, what? underrated. Josh Jacobs? Um I'm a Raiders. I'm a, I mean I'm a Chargers fan, but it was overrated. I'm gonna say underrated. Rated. I'm gonna go underrated on it. Um speaking of underrated, before we forget, the the 49ers have also signed former Giants running back Wayne Gallman, who was great. 
who was great in fantasy if you needed a running back. Um, and then some interesting numbers that I found for Tom Brady facts. Um, when trailing or tied at halftime in the postseason, Tom Brady is 9-7. and seven. Peyton Manning is 3-8. and eight, And Aaron Rodgers is 1-8. and eight. Not a good number. Um, and then what else did I find here? I found this funny... I found this meme that says Tom Brady would be 10 and 0 in Super Bowls if these two men didn't exist and they must have made the worst pictures possible. Uh, of both these guys, but just just too funny uh, to not share. Um, but I had to kind of go through some of those. Um, I did forget one thing actually, and that was. Uh, running backs. We didn't get to talk about running backs going into the fantasy season. Um, so this is actually really interesting too. Uh, there's six quarterbacks in the first round that are projected by CBS Sports HQ by Pete Schrager. Number one will be Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two will be Zach Wilson to BYU from BYU to the New York Jets. Uh, now they're saying that the San Francisco 49ers are really kind of all in on Justin Fields. And then these fall down to where it says, where it says with the 14th pick, the Vikings will pursue Trey Lance, which I could see because he's, he's from Minnesota. That's his hometown, actually. And then Mac Jones will probably be drafted by the New England Patriots, which people are really confused on why everyone is starting to buy on Mac Jones all of a sudden. The 20th pick will be Davis Mills by the Chicago Bears. So there's some good conversations going on about the six quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round. So I'd be thrilled if the Vikings got Trey Lance. Okay. Um, it's possible. So then Justin Jefferson is saying, I thought the Eagles would draft me, but I'm definitely, definitely, definitely glad the Vikings did instead, uh, per Pro Football Talk. I'm glad they did too. Um, and then top 10 receivers as of last year, this is the top 10 that you can look forward to your your drafts this year. Um, Devontae Adams was number one. De- DeAndre Hopkins was number two. Kansas City Chiefs. Um, anyone in their receiving core was pretty solid. There was no solid like number one guy. Um, they spread the ball around pretty good. So you're sa- what they're saying in this graph is you're you're safe getting any sort of Kansas City Chief wide receiver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Stefan st- <laughs> Diggs is sitting at number four. Uh, Michael Thomas, for some reason, is at five. I don't agree with that. Uh, Allen Robinson for the Chicago Bears. I can agree with that. Julio Jones, the seventh spot. Um, Kind of disagree because he didn't have a huge year last year. Um, DK Metcalf, I think he's a little right. low. I think he's a little low on the list personally. Uh, Keenan Allen is a ninth, which I feel like he'll have a big year again with Justin Herbert. And then we got F1 McLaurin um, from the Washington Football Team. That's They're really all at, they got at the ten spot. So kind of an interesting thing, and they, they'll have Curtis Samuel going into next year. Pack is a little. It could be a rearranged a little. Bit. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. Where would you place the middle of the pack? Kick. Uh, I think Michael Thomas goes higher. Higher. And I do. I do think Michael Thomas goes higher. 
the dude just catches everything that's thrown to him if it's if it's thrown to him but then again now we got to rearrange it right next who's throwing to him you think thomas lower oh ronathan disagrees okay <laughs> i like uh, ronathan and I, and i'm not kansas city chiefs wide receiver as as a draft pick if i'm thinking uh, i can't i can't take i i'm not sold on any of them in like top 10. that's fair not, not a top 10. uh overall though overall taste and not breeze and then julio i i personally like um his uh, number two better calvin like ridley number two I'd re- calvin ridley is a monster yeah i think he, he, had, he, he was good a, don't sleep on him yeah don't sleep he on came reckon with i like him higher keenan allen he can go he's i'm i'm cool with that keenan allen nine cool I'm, I'm happy with that top 10 at least stefan diggs i'd go yeah, higher man. i'd go higher i put him Lamar over digs it. i put him i would put Diggs over the kansas city chiefs receivers cool with that i'm comfortable with that all right this is where i have a problem alan i don't have an opinion on alan robinson i think i don't think he's great i don't and i i don't think he's like overrated i don't think he's underrated like he's Jack, Allen Robinson. I think I would adjust Allen Robinson over Michael Thomas. So you'd switch him five and six. Yeah, and then I would probably knock down Michael. Tom- I'd probably knock down Michael Thomas down below Julio as well, and then I put DK Metcalf probably somewhere close to the four and five spot if I could. I think people are still holding on to that name value of Julio Jones. But I, 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 I am. Think I'm guilty of it. Drop him a little lower. Yeah. Yeah, I think I put Julio probably around the ninth, the ninth spot, to be honest. And then F1 McLaurin's got to be way up. He get bumped up. I mean, as far as if I'm taking a wide receiver, McLaurin's nice. He's very nice because that guy doesn't have a bad week. He's consistent. Chris, Godwin is missing from the Chris list. Chris Godwin is missing from this list. I agree. Solid. They're going, Solid, too. I would actually probably, if we, if Chris Godwin were to be in it, I'd probably swap out somewhere, and this is not again anything against Keenan Allen. Um, I'd probably, no, I'd probably swap out Julio. Um, you dropped off this list? I'd probably put Godwin in where Julio's at, yeah. I think that's fair. Yes, I get Tyree Kill. He's fast, and but the guy doesn't play all season. Yeah, he he never plays a full season. He's always like he always gets like a small injury or something. If he gets the ball, yes, it's more than likely a home. But still. <laughs> um, speaking of Keenan Allen, uh, what's understood? He he put this on his Twitter account. He said, "What's under, what's understood? Don't need to be explained." And at NFL on CBS, there's only two receive, wide receivers who have 400 receptions and 25 touchdowns over the last. Four NFL seasons, and Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins are both in this list. So that's pretty cool, actually. Um, No Pro Bowls. No Pro Bowls. Uh, One fun subject. Where do you think Antonio Brown goes? Are they gonna? Are they gonna? Is Tampa gonna keep him? I think they keep him, unless he's asking for a ridiculous amount of money. Right, because it says here, per NFL analysis of free agency, uh, it says, I don't know if they'll do it, but the Chiefs have had internal <laughs> thoughts about signing and... 
Well, okay, well we know we know where he's going with that. No drama queen, but I get you. <laughs> to the trash can. Uh yeah, it says I don't know if they'll do it, but the Chiefs have had internal thoughts about signing Antonio Brown. He would be a massive upgrade over Sammy Watkins, and I actually I actually agree with this. I actually agree with this. I think the little output that Sammy Watkins gave them being the fantasy owner of him last year was so little and Antonio Brown kept stealing the show over in Tampa Bay when we least expected him to. So I will say I do agree with that. Um, that's, that's nasty. Don't do that, though. This is uh, an interesting subject that came that popped up. What do you think about that uh, Antonio Brown thing? Like, do you think... I- what signing to the Chiefs? Yeah, between him and Sammy Watkins. I would hate to see it. Yeah. Just because he's still someone you have to cover. Is he still, you know, prime? Like, no, but he can still catch a ball and he's still fast. Like Yeah. He and then you got Tyree Kill there just to take off a little you gonna cover, you can't cover them both double coverage. Right. I agree with, I agree with and that. And he got Travis Kelsey in the middle? God, that would suck. So this graph, Twice a year. this graph is really interesting. <laughs> Twice a year. <laughs> uh, I agree with that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes first forty six starts. Um, Mike Evans was in fact a touchdown machine last year. People cannot forget that he wasn't on that top ten list, which is kind of highway robbery in a way. Um, Patrick Mahomes in his first career starts. Um, this is kind of I I, I I snagged this graph or the screenshot when. Um, they were having kind of the Twitter conversations in for NFL all-time rank in the, in his first 46 starts. Patrick Mahomes has 38 wins. He is first in the NFL with that. Uh, 108.7 pass rating. He's first in the NFL in his first 46 starts. 114 passing touchdowns. First in the NFL. And in for in 46 career starts. He has fourteen thousand one hundred and fifty-two passing yards, first in the NFL. That's nuts. Brown Brown stole the show in terms of how good he ran routes and like how how fast he can, can get open, but he did not steal the looks away from Mike Evans getting touchdowns. But he st- what I w- what I'll say he stole was the coverage from Mike Evans. I think that's exactly why Mike Evans was able to get as open as often as he did. Um, there's been a whole lot of weird conversations about this man right here. Um, let's see here. As well as how fast he can get thrown off of a team, and you're 100 percent correct because the guy doesn't know how to stay out of trouble. I would. Um, there is this, this weird thing that's been going around. System plus MVP. It, the Patriots in the past. <laughs> he's saying no. I just keep saying stop it and no. I uh, can't wait to hear what John has to say about this. System plus MVP. The Patriots and Packers are rumored to be in trade talks for Aaron Rodgers per clutch points. Um, Patriots Nation. Um, because Aaron Rodgers has not confirmed that he's coming back to Green Bay yet. What so, is he supposed to resign with him this offseason? Um, he he's been up he's been upset with Green Bay. He has been so it's on jeopardy. Now. Yeah, so so I you know I I don't I don't think there's a lot of weight to this. I saw this and I just thought it was interesting. 
I what I do think is interesting about it is I hate to say this, he kind of looks good in a Patriots uniform. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Get that crap out of here. <laughs> he actually looks all right in it, but um, hypothetically, this isn't going to happen. I don't think this is. A, he's going to be back in Green. He's going to be back in Green Bay next year. He's going to be still a headache for my Vikings. Um, say Aaron Rodgers went to the Patriots. How do you think that season goes? Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal him, Coach Belichick. God, like you, Coach Belichick's the defensive guru, right? Yeah, so he's absolutely. Gonna be solid. He's solid on defense. He's going to take the pressure off. He's going to make these wide receivers look good. I just, God, dude, this is disgusting. Yeah, Tom Brady, he's he's like a, he's not as good as Tom Brady as we've discussed, but why does Bill get to have all the cool toys? Belichick might smile for once. <laughs> I, I this isn't gonna happen. There's no way. So I I really don't I really don't believe this is gonna happen. But if it did, it'd be lethal. Yeah, I can't imagine that smile too on Belichick's face. Like what I pulled off. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Bengals have announced they released halfback Giovanni Bernard. But I think where did he end up? He ended up somewhere. You want to look that up? I can't remember. He ended up on Tampa Bay. Yep. Yeah, that's right. He just signed with Tampa Bay. That's right. Trash. Um, This is a cool graph here for uh, PPR scoring leagues uh, for for fantasy football. So this is good. Christian McCaffrey is in the top spot um, and number one out of the top ten. Dalvin Cook was number two. Alvin Mm -hmm. Kamara was number three. No shock to that. Saquon Barkley, when he played last year, was number four. Derrick Henry finished around fifth. And you got to remember, it's this PPR, so point per reception. So these are pass catching backs. Ezekiel Elliott was sixth. Austin trash. Uh, trash. <laughs> throw that at, throw that in the garbage can. We need to get a we need, we need to get a trash uh, sound effect. It's just last season was garbage. I think he can go. Yeah, I wouldn't risk my draft pick on Ezekiel Elliott, the condition of that team. Um, Austin Eckler uh, in the seventh spot. Aaron Jones was in the eighth spot for PPR. All right, uh, talk to me from the outside looking in on Austin Eckler. What, what's your What's your opinion on him? He's great. Um, he was always like the he was gold. He was always the first option to be honest that I would look for like when I had running backs go down, and for you know. It's no secret. Fantasy players, when they get a running back, they're trying to get a guy that's a dual threat in terms of a pass catching back and also a good runner for yards after contact, yards after catch. Um, Austin Eckler has been excellent at that when he's healthy. So um, Austin Eckler is very reliable. He had a rough hammy. Ronathan says he's great. Load will be a 50-50 split. I like that. Um. Aaron Jones is surprisingly sitting in the eighth spot, but he's more of like a Adrian Peterson type running back who's going to be your bell cow. Uh, Nick Chubb sitting in the ninth spot, and Jonathan Taylor in the tenth spot. And I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a really big year. I, if I could tell any any fantasy viewers for a running back, your top three on this list are, um, I'm, uh, you got to go Cook Henry. Or Taylor, um, if you're looking for a pass catching back, those guys are monsters at that position. Um, I'm not saying Christian McCaffrey. 
I'm not because he was hurt last year. He was hurt a lot last year. So in the one thing he did play, he goes, "Oh, that number one draft pick wants me to stay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, and you know, I could be completely wrong, but like I'm just going off of last year. Um, Saquon will not bounce back. Saquon's not um, bouncing back, huh? I I I. I disagree. I, I respectfully disagree. I think he'll bounce back. I think he will be upset that he had the year he had uh, last year, and he's going to blow up next year. But um, CMC, I could definitely see bouncing back. But, you know, my fantasy strategy typically is if these running backs had a really bad, like, really bad injury, didn't play a lot last year, or didn't really, like, even when they tried to get back on the field and they couldn't. Um, I tend to stay away from those guys. I tend to not really um, thrive on those guys to and rely on them and be like, yeah, okay, I don't like that's who I want. You know, I go, I I'm more going reliable um, and a trustworthy pick. So, and I, you can't argue that because this year I drafted Dalvin Cook right away because I just had a feeling about him, about how he was gonna go off this last year, and he did so. I like Cook. He's been consistent every. I've never had him going. You feared him in fantasy. Yeah, God, you I fear that man in fantasy for Dalvin real. It's a terrible thing to face. Um, so talking about streaks uh, with running backs being successful and bouncing back, teams with the most active streaks of five plus winning seasons. These are the three teams. We have nine straight winning seasons from the Seattle Seahawks. Eight straight winning seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs. I look for that to keep going, and then five straight winning seasons with the Tennessee Titans. Um, and speaking of the Titans, the Tennessee State, uh, to name former Titans standout Eddie George as its head coach. George starred for the Tennessee Titans at running back, and he won the Heisman Trophy in 1995 at Ohio State, but does not have any coaching experience. He will replace Ron Reed, who has been with the Tennessee State since 2010. So... He's going to be coaching some college ball, boys and girls. That's going to be exciting. Um, interesting. And the, really the last graphic that I had that was interesting to pull up was in 2020, Kirk Cousins threw for the second most passing touchdowns and third most passing yards in a single season in Vikings team history. He did this with an offense that ranked 27th in pass attempts last year. So imagine getting that guy in offensive line as we talked about earlier. And seeing what he can do with some valid protection. So, yeah. But, I think that's all I got. Do you have anything, John? No, I'm just curious. Right now I'm looking up, like, top 20 running backs in the league. And, you know, I think for next, uh, I think next time we, we meet, let's, uh, I think we should run through an over, uh, overrated underrated. I think that would be kind of fun. We definitely need to do overrated, underrated, um, especially with with fantasy purposes. I 1,000% agree with that, actually. I think that would be fun. I, I think Ronathan had a good time. We should do that. Yeah, uh, so next week when we do when we do the stream, um, I think I'm have off. The graphics ready. Have the graphics ready, and then we'll just give our raw, and then our one... one like, no, we don't one get to talk about it before. We I think it would be fun. Like we just list the players, save our opinions for for the for the recording. I, I like that yeah. idea. Yep, that'd be fun. 
So, John, where can people find you? What do you do? Where... Uh, all right. You guys can find me on uh, Twitch. Um, Twitch.tv forward slash the X sauce. Uh, stream Warzone. I'm learning other games. We're doing some Apex. I got a Red Dead going on. I might even hop on this Red Dead online with a nerd. We're going to talk about cowboys. <laughs> We're going to play some right. poker. Play some poker. Alright, uh, you catch us here next time. Next, when we meet back here next time, we're gonna have draft results. We're gonna have draft reactions. It's gonna be a good time. Stay tuned for next our next show. Uh, you guys can find me at uh, twitch.tv forward slash the Avenge Nerd. Uh, Twitter is at NerdAvenge, capital N, capital A. Uh, sometimes I do art streams uh, just for fun and do terrible drawings and stuff and you guys can draw along with. Um, and so... You, I do have an Instagram. It's the Avenger Twenty Twenty, and then uh, these podcasts are actually. I'll go ahead and put these in the chat. So I, there's this one. I have one other one called the, the Nerd Rebellion Podcast, um, where we talk about pop culture TV shows. I just released an episode of that. Um, it should pop up in the chat here. We discuss. We've been discussing Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I've been have a. I've had a busy schedule with a few people talking about that, so the finale just came out and it was a big finale. So the other thing is Nerd Sauce. Um, for some reason, my bot isn't bringing those up. Technical, dif oh. technical difficulties here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's pull this up. Oh, that's because I didn't open it. Okay, so that's up. So now that this is back, uh, this should pop up in a minute here once it gets done loading. But anyways, while it's loading, the podcast for Nerd Rebellion is talking about pop culture TV shows and movies such as Marvel, uh, Star Wars, sci-fi, any of that stuff. Uh, if you're interested in that, you're in the right place. Um, let's try this one more time. Worst case scenario, you can find it on Anchor or Spotify or where you listen to your podcasts. Um, so go check those out. Uh, it, it is, again, Nerd Sports Zone with John and Mike on Spotify or the Nerd Rebellion podcast. Um, so go check those out. Um, and if you have any questions, you can find links to them uh, in my Twitch channel as well. Um, but yeah, so that's this that's that that is uh this week's show. Uh thanks for hanging out, thanks for chilling, uh and talking about some of this stuff. Uh Ronathan, loved having you in here. Please come back, man. We appreciate yeah, we you. We can probably get you on if you wanna if you, you seem like you have a good mind about this stuff. We we we'd love to to have you on, uh if you're ever interested in that. Uh just join the Discord, you hit you can hit the about panels. Fantasy? What's up? I'm in the fantasy league. Yeah, start we a start a nerds nerd zone league. That'd be tight. That'd be kind of great. That'd be a great idea, actually. Uh, okay. I'd be balancing in three league three teams, but I could try yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, we're gonna um, just say thanks to the sponsors for the stream really quick, and then we'll go out here. So, um, and we'll and we'll end the recording here. So, I first want to thank. Um, this new sponsor that I got on the stream, it's called Player One Coffee. Um, 
it's great coffee for gamers like you or myself it's really good um i have had a couple cups of it and i really enjoy it if you select if you select that link you can go ahead and check that out so if you have any late night streams or or early work days to get you through it they have some really awesome flavors um that are all video game based Jeez. Uh, there we go. So here's the links for those uh, podcasts as well. And then also my the stream is sponsored by Raise Energy. If you like working out, uh, and you're a jock like me and Sauce are, you know, get our flex on a little bit there. <laughs> uh, we've both been working out and trying to eat healthier, and I actually use these products for whey proteins uh they have energy drinks that have zero carbs calories or artificial dyes and they actually come in packets or cans and they have no crash and they're really good um great flavors you can select that link if you type in code the adventure you'll get 15 percent off your order so you really have nothing to lose and help support the stream as well if you want to join the discord family you want to be a nerd you can jump right in um also if you're a streamer you can select your role and then I have a bot that shouts you out. So with all that being said, I wanted to say thanks, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.